what I left out of here is the guy said, what makes you think you could be the president? Not knowing mm -hmm. that I'd worked on campaigns since I was five years old. And I said, well, I think, I think big time politics is all about TV. It's not about anything else. And so just disappointed in you. <laughs> just as, but it is. So I'm, I've kind of got this weird thing, you know, Tetley tea is like the, the Lipton tea of, of England. Mm -hmm. And it really isn't bad. I mean, it honestly isn't bad. But I don't like big, strong tea in the morning. I mean, I just don't. You know, I know some people are into mm. it. Not me. Yeah, because I'm yeah. not trying to wake up. I'm just having a warm <laughs> beverage to make my body feel different. What's going on with you, my friend? Oh, no. It just in between summer, winter, whatever the hell happens here. <laughs> during the daytime, yeah. it feels like summer. During the Ooh. nighttime, it's like winter. <laughs> It is crazy. It is crazy times, my man. Crazy mm -hmm. times. All right. Well, did you um, get my my deal where uh, limbs of TikTok got appointed to a library board for schools? Okay, this is a new low. Mm -hmm. I thought we'd made some uh, some headway because the the guy in charge of our schools has lost twenty points in his ratings. Yeah. The lady he appointed, if you read that article, mm -hmm. has caused six bomb threats here in Oklahoma. She's not even from Oklahoma, is she? The lips no. of TikTok accounting. No. Mm -hmm. No. Six bomb threats at grade schools. Nice. Is that the job That's requirement when... for what he hired her for? <laughs> well, as you know, I'm going to be at a board meeting tomorrow. And those will be the precise questions I will be asking. <laughs> I didn't know we put an application out for somebody who makes bomb threats. I So the deal is, is she always says, well, I'm not guilty. I put out content. Does that sound like the National Rifle Association to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't do it. it it was, it was the people, not the guns. And you're like, yep, you're the you're the people. You're the... Dude, yeah. I am I am I am perplexed. Tell me something I, good today. Can I tell you the upsetting part about the article I sent you was I sure. wasn't even looking for news on Oklahoma. I was on the Rolling Stone website homepage and this wow. showed up. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh... was it on the cover or was it just an article? No, it was just an article on there, Ring. <laughs> okay, because there was a really famous song called The Cover of the Rolling Stone in the 70s. And I might start out the comment section tomorrow by playing that song. <laughs> yeah. And you hit the big time. You hit the big time. All you had to do is hire the the de facto Unabomber here in Oklahoma. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there you go. <laughs> so, you know, if anybody in, in uh, your country thinks that politics are weird, I dare them to take a look at what I'm dealing with. So, you, so let me ask you an honest question, because my relatives were like, they didn't really believe me a year ago how nutty all this was. Mm -hmm. Were you the same way where you're like, I think Sean might be exaggerating just a little bit? <laughs> to be honest with you, if I didn't know yeah. you better, I might have thought that. But the problem is right. that I've spent like a decade with you. And I was like, right. yeah, he, Sean won't react unless it is actually reaction worthy. <laughs> I have other things to do other than fight with morons. But if I have to fight with morons, I'm bringing a gun. So, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a fascinating. And I really mean this like this. This may be the cliff that that's too far. 
I mean, it, mm. it literally may be the cliff. But I've said that about a hundred things, and I said that about DT a whole bunch, and you know, hell, he's still running for president. So what do I know? Yeah, I I just got the notification that he won the primaries in New Hampshire. So the the question is this: You you're a numbers guy, you're a business mm-hmm. guy. So let's say America is split into thirty five percent Republicans, thirty five percent Democrats. Thirty percent of people hate both sides. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. may be fair at this point. So it doesn't matter if you win a primary. You have to get the independent voters. And, and yeah. Literally, primaries don't matter. Um, you get the lunatic fringe from both sides, but mm-hmm. they have to some way or another court this reasonable middle area that doesn't like either fringe. Yeah, that would be the tipping point, right? Because everybody right. votes straight down party line. So you end up with 50-50 right. of the guys who give a shit about each party. <laughs> so right. it's only the guys who are independent who show up and that push matter. that over the 50. Mm-hmm. Right. So it used to be just suburban moms, but the lunacy, and I'm and I'm going to blame both since somebody tried to throw me out of the Democratic Party. I'm going to blame both of them. Um, it's gotten so weird that you have to be able to court this uh, middle of the road thing. So I, I get somebody that brings a guy. Did we have a topic we needed to cover or is it OK to cover this? Oh, we can talk about this. Same. I Really, okay. we're just going to bitch about narcissists today, but <laughs> since oh, you well, are yeah. heading in that direction, been, I will let you roll. <laughs> I've been accused of that before. <laughs> and only a narcissist would think, I'm not one, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> so so let me go great, down. Sean, there is a great quote about narcissists. It's their yeah. disease, but everybody around them will have the symptoms. yeah that's pretty good that is pretty good so i had this guy in last night that somebody else brought in you know because kit fairchild and i have been talking about running as for governor and lieutenant governor as a uh independent party candidate and Mm -hmm. he brought in this right-wing kind of republican from southeast oklahoma which for those of you don't know it's a really rural area and that guy mm-hmm. sat there and quizzed me on stuff for about a half an hour. And, and we agreed. We agreed on 95% of items. <laughs> oh, wow. Said, so, so what happens that makes somebody still vote straight party line when you have a much more reasonable person available? Mm-hmm. And you don't agree with the stuff that that person represents. They're just in your gang. Yeah. So the person that's not in your gang, what do they have to do to get you to change? Isn't it? And and that's a dynamic mm-hmm. where you look at and go, you don't like your person, but you found one thing about the other person. And I'll tell you what it was. He was talking about schools when he grew up and the guy was about 70. And I said, you want to know what was going on mm. in schools when you grew up? Wasn't segregation going on, going on back then? That's fact. <laughs> And he goes, well, that this is all bringing back segregation. And I said, no, this is economic segregation. That's different. I said, but yes, mm-hmm. you're right. It is. He was talking about when he was young, the schools were this. And I said, well, I know the area you lived in. I know what the income level of the area you lived in. In America, local schools are financed by real estate in the area where the school is. So mm-hmm. a poor school then would be not as well financed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they also don't have the ability to go do 50 bake sales and a big PTA that will bring in money because those parents are working two jobs or absent. You know, I mean, there's very mm-hmm. little middle ground. there. So 
that's my take on all of it today. And I'm just going to have a little of my Tetley tea. I actually was telling a friend of mine here that you were planning to run for governor and Kit was planning to run for lieutenant governor. Lieutenant governor and he was right. like, it is fascinating that you guys can do all this. And I was like, yeah, I was like, what would you do? He's like, by the time I even figure out how to run this process, I'll be too right. old to do it. <laughs> oh, so the good news is, is that's fair because mm -hmm. Kathy, Kathy was the guinea pig. Now, mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, Kathy's my wife and a person that was willing to do about anything. She just didn't have an appropriate fear level, much like me. And mm -hmm. we talked her into running for lieutenant governor. Hell, she just went down and signed up and then you pay your 1500 bucks to, to sign up and you run. It's you don't <clears throat> you don't have to be in a party apparatus. You don't have to ask for permission. You don't have mm -hmm. to do anything. You stand on the streets, cor cor street corner selling water bottles. If you can come up with the amount of money to sign up. Yeah. I all mean, you need is, Sean, all you need is a water bottle with the label vote for Cummings. <laughs> we could have still used it if we had those labels. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> so I I think I think that's one of the better parts of America right there. Mm -hmm. Now, are the elections yeah. controlled by money? Because um, I would refer back to a script that you and I wrote. And go, mm -hmm. how do you circumvent money? The way that Donald Trump circumvented money, Joe Biden had tons of money. And yep. Trump just flew around in his plane and, and made crazy statements. And he just ate up the news. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's called taking the oxygen out of the room. And I know you know the term, but for other people, there's no yeah. oxygen left for anybody else to breathe. So they just died off. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these primary comp uh, people in the Republican Party died off. My British cousins are like, how is he back? And I go, our weird government allows him to run again, even though he and his friends attacked the Capitol. Yeah. I'm I'm secretly rooting for Nikki Haley somehow, even though it yeah. might not happen. Because she's Indian? She... Hell yeah, Sean. <laughs> and she seems to be a reasonable Indian, unlike Veraswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy, who was... I know. I was like, how are you two from the same country and embarrassing us in two different ways? <laughs> okay, but without getting you in trouble on this podcast, you have that mm -hmm. exact thing happening. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Argentina. Argentina had, you know, uh, kind of a... Argentina's got a crazy leader with a bad wig. It's worth looking up because he's comical, but he used to be a professional soccer player. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't know how we get back to normalcy, buddy. But uh, <laughs> it costs, it costs too much money to be normal, and normal people don't have that money to give you. That is true. It's only the ones yeah. who are overly animated, right. vocal. Those are the right. ones who raise enough money to even have a voice at times. Right, and that's what I actually explained into this guy from the rural part of Oklahoma yesterday. I said, "Look, the, the reason people do all this crazy stuff is because you have to." Or you mm -hmm. don't get any news coverage. And he was like, no, you can do this and this. And I go, not anymore. I said, believe me, from a guy that is on the news all the time, but I am usually yelling at somebody. Is that fair? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, do I have a good point? I believe I do. But the other person probably does not. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty fascinating. Political promotions and running campaigns that way, a uh -huh. good documentary for people to watch is actually that stupid one with that uh, monster in human form. Get me Roger Stone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was excellent. 
Mm-hmm. Was, that was an excellent, excellent documentary. The other one I would say is um, one called Boogeyman. And it was mm-hmm. the guy that brought the original George Bush to power. His name was Lee Atwater. Um, mm-hmm. And he was the original Southern cracker that figured out a way to, to, to say black people without saying black people. He would talk mm. about welfare, Queens busing, all this other stuff. And he was very good at the terminology that works with Southern white males that they all know means something different. Yeah. They're called dog whistles in politics, but, but he was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, so speaking of speaking of dog whistles, uh, there was yes. a bit in SNL where it was a news update and right. Michael Che is talking to uh-huh. this guy who is uh, talking about dog whistles, right? like racial dog whistles. And he right. blo- this is a racial dog whistle and he blows a whistle and <laughs> uh, Colin Jost is sitting beside him. All of a sudden looks up and goes like, what is that noise? <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. Good for both of them. Good. That. It, well, you know, I, I know the terminology, so I know what we're listening for. You know the terminology. How, how do so many people not, not know? Yeah, there was an interesting I mean, thing that uh, Trevor Noah was saying on a, I think on a show, where he was yeah. talking about apartheid and how they had to have like a system in place to discriminate. I mean, he's like, right. America is so sneaky. Y'all have done it with no system in place, but y'all have done and said all the right things to get yeah. it that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. With without a plan, or mm-hmm. is the master plan to be so shrewd about it that it looks like you don't have a plan? Which yeah, that would I am be the, the one. <laughs> I am the king of looking like I did not take any time to prepare when I took a hundred hours to prepare, so I can mm-hmm. look like I didn't take any time to prepare. <laughs> I mean, that's that's my shtick. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, lordy. So let's go to the narcissism thing. That's interesting. Yep. So I was listening to this podcast about growing up in a household with a narcissist. And how that affects your entire worldview of how you interact with people from then on for the rest wow. of your life. <laughs> That's pretty. So, I mean, is there a household with no narcissists? Because I, I never went I to that house. I don't think so. Like, if it's an old school yeah. house, there was a narcissist in there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Somebody, somebody ran that show. Um, God, that's fascinating. So, if you were normal and didn't grow up in that environment um, where everything was centered around one person who also felt no guilt or shame that everything was centered mm-hmm. around them and they also made everything centered around them, what would be the opposite? I mean, and I, and I mean this, I'm not even joking. What would yeah. be the opposite of that? Because I, I, I met loving parents, but I'm mm-hmm. Irish and I grew up in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. So there was usually an alcoholic in each household who mm-hmm. would end up being the narcissist because they had to feed their addiction first. Oh, this guy who was talking about it on the podcast, his father was yeah. an alcoholic and a narcissist. Okay. So right. there is an overlap with that, I guess. <laughs> Man, that is one messed up dude. But, you know, in my community, that's normal. Which John, is, he's a really good comedian, <laughs> so he turned right, Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you're a really good comedian, which one of them had a what? What was the quote on that? Yeah, 
early good comedian, and you know, which which defunct parent in the household was the worst? Yeah. <laughs> Who did you have to entertain every day? <laughs> Jimmy Carr always has this thing where he asks every comedian, I think, um, uh, was there a sick parent that you used to have to cheer up when you were at home? That's right. Yeah. And, and it's valid. I yeah. so I I always I always look at my specific neighborhood. So on our block, we had from a guy across the street that basically was like a painter of houses mm-hmm. and uh, and just got a good deal on the house and was able, and it was a upper middle class, you know, um, all white, but, but Irish neighborhood. So most everybody was poor in Ireland, but came to America and managed to make money much like what race does that sound like yours? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, but we, we were able to move up the economic ladder here, like no tomorrow, mm-hmm. because we we just just worked. Same same deal you guys did. Didn't necessarily yeah. have to own a company. You just worked your ass off. And then we had a, a a literal psychiatrist down the street. So he's a PhD psychiatrist. We had two really good looking girls who evidently were lesbians, and I didn't know it. That owned a bar. We had a Mexican nice. lady that owned a Mexican restaurant, but evidently was a madam, and nobody really knew that. Yeah. We had another mm-hmm. lady down the street that did colonics. Google that one. Uh, might be too early in the morning to be talking about those. And she was the sweetest lady, five foot tall with about a six foot tall husband. Very weird. And then mm-hmm. we had like wealth down on the other end. The MPs, yeah. these people had these matching AMC Javelin cars and, and really nice. Not an estate, but they had real money. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had like my, my first wife's family that were all artists but had a really cool house. And then mm-hmm. the uh, we had one family where the guy tried to sell the military margarine as butter and went to prison for it. But they were the original landowners of the area. Mm-hmm. So they had enormous money at one time, but, you know, sold it off piece by piece. But they were still pretty well off until that happened. And then who else did we have? We had a guy that would drink a, a beer out of a can and water his trees every day, which I... <laughs> To this day, I'm puzzled by, like with a hose, stood nice. out there watering his tree, <laughs> drinking a beer. Right. And then we had a really turned out to be famous advertising guy that lived down the street that played like Disney movies in the backyard. And he was like the funniest dad in the entire world. And evidently, in the meantime, he was kicking the shit out of his wife. And mm. none of us knew. Right. Yeah. That was that was my neighborhood of Irish uh, Irish Catholics. And the the artist family we're not and then the uh the painter family uh we're italian mm-hmm. everybody else irish catholic so every household had at least one alcoholic narcissist <laughs> that's an amazing that's a really weird neighborhood to grow up in <laughs> right but but here's what here's what i would tell you and, and, and i mean this in all seriousness because i've thought about this for a little bit um mm. you work in a neighborhood like that you can work with anybody and you yeah. So um, Animal Farm, the, the, the book, I, I, I always say that it was a little bit like that, but I'm trying to think of what the other one was. It's some childhood book that I read where uh, Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. there, was, there, was, there was no one watching anybody. Like there, there was yeah. no supervision. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, my brother was a neighborhood bully and he was awful. And, <laughs> uh, and, and he, he ran like the neighborhood, like you would see in a, in a mob movie, but he was 12. <laughs> you know, I mean, so 
I'm interested in that guy's version of what it's like to grow up in a household with a narcissist. Cause you know, we have every house and you just had to figure out how to deal with them. Yeah. Like he was talking about how at times he would catch himself thinking of something where mm -hmm. in his adult life after his father died, he was starting to like emulate certain characteristics of that person oh, wow. where yeah. He was doing it as a joke where he was like, when somebody told him about like what was going on with the Me Too movement, he was like, fuck the Me Too movement. What about me? <laughs> the original me, man. Fuck those people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God, that's a, that is an, that is a really, and the only reason it's fascinating to me is because I grew up in it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and we had one of the more normal homes. We still had it. Uh, and, and there's a weird, <clears throat> distilled fear does that make sense so it's mm -hmm. fear that you kind of have but you've changed it into something else you've either washed it cleaned it up you know um you, you learn how to behave in those kind of like i've never been in a room and been scared that somebody was really powerful there i couldn't deal with mm. yeah think of think of i mean how many people do you know that go um i've never been in a room where that was really my worry yeah, it's pretty I'm rare. looking at it, figuring out how can I play this? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and for a really well-educated population, I would say at least minimum 75, 80% of everybody graduated from at least college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and then, then maybe another 20 or 30% professional degrees. But yeah, everybody was well-educated. Catholic schools, you know, I mean... But God forbid you be the stranger that came down our street that nobody knows. You know, the windows <laughs> slide up. They're shooting you with pellets and shit. <laughs> Dude, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. And, but, you know, I didn't know that was crazy. Yeah. Because that's the, that's the way we lived. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of what the television show is. Um, something like Shit. William May stars in it and it's um it's about a drunk Irish family but they're poor and mm. uh and it, something less L-E-S-S -S, is the is the end of the title but it's on Netflix and I watch it and I'm like oh my god I know people exactly like everybody they've shown in this movie mm -hmm. everybody like every weird version of everything I knew people personally that were just like that almost as if somebody from my neighborhood wrote it but it's just common Irish Catholic traits in every neighborhood. So it's not special. You think of your parents are always willing to beat you guys and shame you guys to keep you in line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the, you by grew the up time, with a sense of humility. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any of that. None of it. <laughs> you know, we just didn't. And eventually you, you, you have to learn to tame yourself, mm -hmm. you know, but, but I would, I would, uh, I, I would take this another level and I'm just trying to relate going, you know, in my house, this is what I had. How did it affect me? Like your guy, sophomore mm -hmm. year in high school, I am getting thrown out of my second high school with a friend of mine named Ted Anderson. And uh, the two of us are, are, have a keg of beer in the car that's getting warm because it's mm -hmm. 80 degrees outside and we're cleaning out our lockers so we can go to this party, not giving two shits that we were just <laughs> thrown out of the elite boys high school in the city if not the state neither one of us cared i mean it like didn't enter our minds that that was a bad thing i mean this it was, it was 
And this guy mm. named Mr. Jackson comes walking by. He's like, hey, boys, hey, I've got your all's test. Uh, and it's like an employment test that you take. Do you ever take one of those? Oh, yeah. Like basically what you're going to end up doing in life type thing. Right. Have mm. I told you the story? Because I don't want to bore you with it, but nobody else has heard it. So, I have a strange so feeling maybe... that you haven't mentioned this story on the podcast. Oh, okay. So you should. Eh? Right. Okay. So so he wants to tell us our, our results and we want to go drink beer. And so we go, okay, we'll go down to his office and we sit in there and he's a real nice guy. I mean, so I'm not making fun of him, but he uh, pulls up the test results and, and he goes, who wants to go first? Or do you guys want to go alone? And we're like, just, just get it done. You know, we got beer. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, and he pulls mine out first and he reads it a little bit, you know, he scans it. And he said, well, Mr. Cummings, you, you've written here that you, you, you want to be the president of the United States. Is, is that right? And I'm like, yep. He goes, <laughs> Okay, um, okay, this isn't a good or a bad thing, but the but the test recommends something different. So, you know, did you answer the questions right or did you play around or anything? And I go, no, I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm worried now that I said that I did answer them all correctly. <laughs> and he goes, well, the test suggested that I be a parking lot attendant. The guy that takes money at a parking lot Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you, are you, are you shitting me? He's like, don't cuss. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. I've already been thrown out of school. I mean, literally it doesn't matter. And he mm -hmm. goes, well, you know, it, it also says that you could be a toll booth operator. So when you, we used to build bridges, they put a toll booth on the end of it and you pay mm -hmm. a quarter to get across the bridge to pay for it. And I was just, even, that was the first time in my life I'd ever questioned my future. I was like, God dang, man, this, all these people think I can do. I had better jobs than that already. So mm -hmm. he says something to me to console me. And he goes, well, let's go over Ted's. And he opens his up and he goes, Ted, what do you think here? So Ted may have been in the healthy house because he goes, I don't know what I want to be. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, this says that you should be a nuclear physicist. Oh, wow. And I was like, are you <laughs> effing kidding me? <laughs> You're both chucked out of school and heading to the same party with being right. in. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So now I've uh, I've been an entrepreneur for 40 years and and Ted worked for me at one of my restaurants. And I'm not I'm not saying that to devalue him, but he did mm. when he when we were in college. And but he's he became a city lawyer and now he owns like 150 properties and stuff. And he's done very well. He got his first negative article about a week ago. I saw him at a funeral and he was like, yeah, they were mean to me. I was like, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> but, but maybe in his non-narcissist household because his dad had died when he was young. And so it was just the mom who was really sweet and kind and her whole life was there to take care of Ted. Mm -hmm. And he had that reasonable upbringing. Subtle, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know. <laughs> and so what I left out of here is the guy said, what makes you think you could be the president? not knowing mm -hmm. that I'd worked on campaigns since I was five years old. And I said, well, I think, I think big time politics is all about TV. It's not about anything else. And, and I've been paid to act before and I've done a bunch of theater and, and a one speech contest and all this other stuff. And I go, so I think I could do it. And I look back and go, that was a pretty solid answer for a 16 year old. No, hell yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. I knew the game and I knew I could play the game really well. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you this really 
like nowadays every time i'm out somewhere with people i try to do like the spot the narcissist game <laughs> Oh, so there I, you go. Oh, cool. so yeah so i asked uh, so i asked a friend of mine i was like hey what did you do today he was like oh shit i forgot to tell you my dad's uh having some health issues so he has to have dialysis twice a week so i take him to the hospital and i come back so i was like oh okay <clears throat> i didn't even i was like i hope i mean i knew that there was no no way to fix it Right. So I just nodded. And without me asking, a person sitting across from me goes like, oh, I actually was the at the hospital today as well. Um, my aunt was It had unwell. nothing to do And with it, and it, do and it doesn't take too much of my time to be a great person. And I just looked and I was like, hang Wow. on a minute. <laughs> I know who the narcissist at this table Right. is. <laughs> Holy Or was it me sitting there judgmentally? <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I'm curious if I would have known what that word meant if it would have even mattered. So, you know, um, psychology, when I, I, you know, I, I, I got thrown out of my third high school, and I know you know this story. So I had to go to summer school to make up a couple of classes. And it was a, it was a medium prep school. It wasn't a super high-end prep school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I go to summer school. And the only reason I knew anything about psychology is I, I showed up and this guy goes, what are you doing here? And I go, oh, I got thrown out of Bishop O'Hara high school. And he goes, okay. And he, and he basically tests me out of the summer, but I still have to show Mm -hmm. up. And he goes, I have a friend of mine getting his master's degree in psychology. Would you like to talk to him twice a week instead? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I was like, okay. (laughs) I, I, know anything Sean, about it or anything he yeah subtle he subtly sent you to therapy without telling you you were going to therapy right right <laughs> i thought i thought it was a time where they would have told you walk it off <laughs> right well they did up until that point and what i will what i will honestly say is i had never looked at my behavior in my entire life until then because we're catholics so you have confession you just go and tell them the shit you did and it's okay Mm-hmm. You don't have to evaluate and go, why do I behave that way? Why do I think that way or anything? Because God knows we'd have a collapse of that whole civilization. But the um even after confession, when they told you three Hail Marys, you went and drank right. three Bloody Marys and called it quits. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I thought three Hail Marys meant I'd make passes at girls I ordinarily didn't think I could get. Yeah. <laughs> But interestingly enough. That put me in this weird little group of people that I grew up with that knew something or another about psychology. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Otherwise, you would have no experience with it whatsoever. And uh, and I, you know, I, I I assume it helped. I don't have any clue. You know, I, I have a, I have one wife that would say no, and I have two exes. If you could talk to them, would say yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I would look back though on that. The the narcissism in a neighborhood usually puts that person in charge because mm-hmm. they make everything about them. Like your guy. Yeah, I was at the hospital too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> had nothing to do with the conversation, you know, no empathy, no anything. But those people where I grew up ended up in charge. Because mm-hmm. they yep. always sounded like they knew about business. What it really was, they didn't give a shit about you or yeah. the other person or anybody else. It was what could I get? <laughs> 
Yeah, if you sound so sure because all you're doing in your head is talking about yourself, then of course right. you sound like a leader, right? That's the way you distinguish yeah. like a leadership position. How do how do how the wrong s- people s- get into those positions? Uh, well, and so I I read another article that people with similar personalities, not necessarily 100% narcissists, the reason they get into leadership positions is because they think they can be a leader and other people mm-hmm. go, I'm not sure if I can do that. Yeah. But if you're a narcissist, of course you think you can do it. You don't need any talent. You just, yeah, look, I think I, I think I can build one of them engine things there. How do we cook that steel? Um, yeah. And and I, what I would say, uh, you know, as an older person, is I surround myself with some pretty talented people that are smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's usually why I'm successful. It isn't because I rolled in and knew everything. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) right. But there was a time. There was time. I, but yeah, isn't it? That's that is. You have opened my mind to something else to think about all day today. Because I don't know how other people grew up. I just know how I grew Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, because I no. The reason why I asked you is there's so many times where we talk about just how we grew up without. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see how it was for other people to grow up in, like those kind of households where. Right. It was like a weird alcoholic dynamic and a right. weird controlling type dynamic. And yeah. a, a couple of them who I know from like those kind of backgrounds turned out to be like yeah. really shitty people. <laughs> I don't right. know why, but it well, just ended up that way. You met Uncle Kevin. Uh, uh-huh. I have. <laughs> I mean, but what what I will say in his defense, mm-hmm. he learned to work with what was around him. Hey, can I tell you that the yeah. few minutes that I did speak to him outside that uh-huh. wedding sound he, really normal? Yeah, he was the nicest that, person, and he he did ask me about what business I do with you, and I was like, oh no! <laughs> right, that's that's when you were getting ready to start being manipulated. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, though, um, he was really talented. He really was. Now, crazy narcissist, the whole deal, and probably CT and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I mean, think about it. He ran a neighborhood at 12. Yeah. But the, so, and, see, and he, there's, one, there's one more thing that we don't take into account. They come across yeah. as overtly earnest. Like people like you and me will be suspicious of people like that. Like say, for instance, you're like, <clears throat> like say, for instance, yeah, you tell sure. me I stubbed my toe and I reacted by, oh my God, Sean, are you okay? You'll be like, Deepak, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you want, what do you want? Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a unique. I mean, it really. But now, did he burn out early? Yes. Did he not mentally mm-hmm. develop? Yes. I mean, all of these other things. But that could also be because he was in a fist fight every single day and got shot a few times and all this other. I mean, I. I it it is fascinating to me to see how that worked out because I had two relatively healthy parents that were really pretty nice and concerned about the family out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by Irish standards. You know, my, my dad was not out alcoholically drinking and mom, you know, had to figure out a way to buy groceries and shit. We didn't, we didn't have that. And school mm-hmm. was the single most important thing in our household. You know, I mean, yeah. even though I didn't care, but it was, yeah, crazy. Ah, good talk this morning. The one thing about <laughs> Kevin that I remember is right yeah. before, like, we both walked back into the wedding. He put his arm yeah. on me and he was like, ah. you don't mind getting photographed by the FBI, right? They might have some pictures you're... and he walked me back inside. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> yep. 
right now you're being photographed. Yeah. But you know, here's the funny thing. Don't you have to be a narcissist to think they're following you around and taking your picture? Mm-hmm. Like, right. You have to think that you are that important where they put two guys on a full-time FBI salary to come take pictures yeah. with some random brown guy you're talking yeah. to for the first yeah. time. <laughs> let my put let me put my arm around my my brother's brown friend. <laughs> it is um yeah, I mean. So here's what I would tell anybody that's in these situations. Literally, there's no fixing a narcissist. There's no negotiating with them. There's nothing. What you have to do is just move on. And that's really hard for people to do is just accept the fact that this is absolute dysfunction and move on. Yeah. And like so what Sean, I would think of yourself as a Roomba. Like you're just bumping right. into something and just right. go back the other direction. Don't try and yeah. <laughs> mess with it any further. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people if somebody throws you the ball, you don't have to catch it. And they go, what do you mean? And I go, literally, people are walking around <laughs> with a ball, which is their psychological issues. And they want to throw it to you and mm -hmm. involve you in it. And you don't have to catch the ball. There's no rule in life that says you have to catch it. Yep. Doesn't exist. <laughs> that's my that's my healthy psychology I learned so junior year in high school summer when I was being held in prison prison damn it prison <laughs> they they were persecuting me <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do with my behavior they were persecuting right. before so you, you went were... before you started the accent I was about to tell you what a positive note to end on the podcast and very go, rare Sean, for us ruin it. very rare. <laughs> How do we how do we take it all the way down and ruin it now? The um hey, I really mean it. And most people that grew up in that don't know you can just walk away. Yeah. Because that's and, the hardest you know, thing. See, a narcissist gets super hurt, but they do not know how to deal with a situation where you have walked away. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it they're, and they're chasing, chasing from there on out to get look, there's there's no these folks don't change. I mean, their, their mentality is set. I don't know who it's set by, but mm -hmm. it's set. And it, and it doesn't matter. You know, the, the reality of life is, do you want to, and you, it seems like at times that we got a lot of time here. And in reality, we just don't, man. I don't want to spend my time wasting my shit like that. So, so you I'll mind having your... The, <laughs> I'll end with the Louis C.K. bit where he is like, <laughs> talking about some person and he says these are the people who think that look at me i am fabulous that guy is a piece of shit for not talking to me <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh my god that is... <laughs> okay that's where i evidently need to use my asthma medication this morning that was brilliant hey thank you for the good talk i i, I often forget about the the weird psychology summer I know. <laughs> but, I, but I will tell you that changed my existence or the way that I look at my world. For sure. Yeah. And I got, I got randomly rooked into it. Like I, they, I got played. <laughs> I got played. I think, I think in this case, we shall say it was for the better, by the way, and, out of yes. time. <laughs> right. All right, buddy. It was good talking to you. Always a pleasure. <laughs>